which is more challenging, human patient or animal patient? Well, it's very complicated. Um, humans are great. It's very rewarding. You, when they get pregnant, they give you pictures and it's a really wonderful thing to get to play a role in their lives. The cows are a bit complicated. They have more chromosomes. It's a little bit more of a challenge. Um, it takes, uh, it, it's, uh, I would say the humans are a little bit easier than the cows in a way, I think, because the cows are kind of complicated. This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovus Indiana. And this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. Our guest today is a medical trailblazer. His work in human reproductive health has positively impacted families for more than two decades. And now he's bringing his unique skill set to animal health in a new startup. He's a medical doctor, a certified high complexity laboratory director, and he is CEO of animal health startup Repro Health. Welcome Dr. Jim Donahue to Ag Bioscience. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. But Jim, I am just elated to spend some time with you today and dig into your story. You have one that is just, it's incredible. So more than two decades as a medical doctor, what, what you shared before we started was you were actually with human patients this morning, have a private practice in human fertility, a master's degree in human embryology, an MBA from IU. Share with us more about this crazy journey you've been on. You know, we, we did the very first human intravaginal culture in our state in 2017 with, a, um, with an FDA-approved device. And our very first patient got pregnant with twins. And I was just blown away how the patient was the incubator versus the machine. And I thought, you know, I think we can create a better device. And I hooked up with Michael Witt, who's a biomedical engineering professor from, uh, he's in California, but a Purdue grad. And Katie uh, Sherburn, who is an embryologist working with me, and the three of us basically started this company. We shook hands and said, we don't know where this is going to go. Let's try to design this new device. And, and we did it. We actually created a device. We tested it. We, we, realized, we were thinking, hey, this is like a great human device. Then we realized that the real big need is actually in animal sciences and cattle reproduction. Um, and we looked at... Um, you know, has anybody ever done this before? There was an article published 25 years ago Wow! in England where they had five cows, 50 eggs put into the device and their embryos grew, but then they arrested. Well, that could have been just the structure of the device, certainly and the culture media. So there's lots of reasons why it didn't work. And, um, and so we really wanted to learn more about reproduction. I didn't go to veterinary school. You know, I went to medical school and, um, none of us did, but in many ways, we're all biology majors. And so, so the more biology and embryology and, and the farmers really know genetics. They're, they're all about genetics, producing the best animals. And, um, and so there was this kind of natural attraction that we all have. And um, we, we last year really got involved with the, a group called, well, the Dairy Farmers of America, which is the largest dairy producers in the country. We were in several accelerator programs. And, um, and so it's been a really cool thing. Um, I actually uh, have pictures on my phone of some cow embryos from this, uh, this weekend that are pretty cool. I, I do have my kid's wedding picture. <laughs> it is the home screen, just so we're clear. My son and his lovely new wife and getting married about three weeks ago. But there's some uh, embryo, cow embryo pictures on here too. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so, um, 
so, you know, it's kind of a really exciting thing that we got to do. And, um, and the people we've met, you know, at, at Purdue, you know, at the Foundry have been great. Um, G Beta Accelerator, the G Beta folks are, are wonderful to work with. It's kind of neat to meet with all these entrepreneurs. Um, I sometimes feel like I'm like their dad's age. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but it's pretty cool. And, and so it's really exciting. The people are great. Um, we have another co-founder, Dave uh, Dixon, who is a large animal vet. And Dave is fantastic. Um, we uh, are doing a lot of different things. Even last week, I had to go inspect a human IVF lab in Chicago last Thursday. And I stopped by his place on the way back down to drop off uh, one of the 3D printed devices that's going to hold the device in the animal that we, that we created. So, you know, it's sort of like you're running around all the time. It's extremely exciting. And, um, and so, yeah, so we're, um, we're really excited. Um, you, we got to build something. Patented it. It covers the United States, Brazil, EU, and, and so this whole the whole startup thing we've done, and we've gone from where experiments didn't work, you know, like embryos didn't for eggs didn't fertilize. We're like, oh man, this is terrible, and um, to where now all of a sudden we've ironed things out, and now and now they're now they're growing, and so um, it's really fascinating, um, and it's for me it's learning a lot about you know, engineering because yeah. it really comes down to incubators and plastics and culture media growing cells growing embryos and um yeah when i when i saw the very first ones that grew in one of our tests i was like this is pretty cool yeah so it's 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 great um there's a lot of interest in this i think the farmers are really interested in um innovation um the problem we're solving is that cow in vitro doesn't work well in hmm. the united states there's over two million eggs collected every year less than half a million embryos. So only about 25% or less of the eggs form an embryo. Wow. And it's probably due to the, the embryos not growing well in this incubator. And also the process, there's, that's the technical problem. There's a process problem where the farmer has to always, well, often ship his animals somewhere. So it can be stressful on the animals. They have to get the eggs and then ship those eggs out of state to a regional IVF lab. So there could be a good 24 hours before the gametes are ever put together. So what, what we're doing is using this small device, which literally is an incubator. And it goes in the, I have one in my pocket here. This is- Okay, let's see <laughs> I'm it. I'm not sure many people can. Now this is a, a 3D printed one that actually is not the best one. We have the better ones actually are in a cow right now, but, but it's essentially these little wells here. And these little wells, grow the embryos fascinating so and, we're talking is for for those that are listening this is a maybe two inch long that looks like two bottle caps kind of screwed together sort of with yeah. a with a plastic vial in between them yeah and and the key is the plastic has to not kill the embryos because embryos are very sensitive to everything <laughs> and so it has to be made with a certain type of plastic but essentially you load the two chambers and then this goes in the cow at her body temperature. So, you know, a cow's temperature is not fixed throughout the day. Her temperature moves hmm. around throughout the day. And, you know, when she's walking around or ruminating or hanging out on the farm or whatever, it's a different environment than this lab incubator. So, so this little thing does the job of this $10,000 incubator in a lab. So fascinating. it's fascinating. fascinating. And, um, yeah. And really it's, it's works well in humans. We have I can't tell you how many pregnancies in humans with not this device, but with a, another right. type of intravaginal de culture device. So yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Jim, your story is one you've talked about 
animal health, but yeah. this is, you've changed the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of people, yeah. right? Created, yeah. Yeah. Help, help them bring life to, to being. Yeah. And this notion of human fertility, it's a story that's personal to you as well, right? And in the sense of your connection to IVF, yeah. share with us more about how this intersectionality between human health and animal health has really been one that you've built your whole career around. You know, it's really interesting. When I um, went to medical school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, and I had thought I wanted to be like a cancer doctor. My mom, when I was a teenager, had ovarian cancer. And she had surgery and chemo and didn't, like 19 months of chemo. Mm -hmm. She survived it. She lived to be 92. Terrific. And um, she even had breast cancer later, and uh, but didn't die of either one. And I thought, you know, I'd like to go into cancer because these, these doctors really helped my mom. And then when I went to IU as a resident, um, I, the fertility was a little easy. Was, I liked it because nobody was dying or getting sick, even though I knew people where cancer was, you know, it's amazing what they do with cancer, but I felt my personality and I'm a little bit more into the lab stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I ended up, um, going into the reproductive endocrinology, which is a lab-based fertility field. Um, I actually even took a time off when I was in med school and did research at NIH where I was purifying enzymes. I, I got to take a little time off wow. and go do this stuff in the lab up there. This was way back in the day, way back in the day. And um, so, yeah, so I, I kind of um, really was driven to the fertility. And then um, my wife and I have a fertility baby. He's, uh, he's our little six foot, five inch tall. <laughs> Baby. He's married now. <laughs> and uh, so, but yeah, that's, um, yeah, I, I found it was really rewarding and it's really amazing when, you know, when you see people around town and they, they know you yeah. and they show you their kids and, you know, I've been around so long. I, I, I see people all over the place that I know. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's extremely rewarding. And, um, and, and I do think it's all related. Cause I, I think that on some, to some degree, you know, we're all sort of mammals, you know, where some certain things um, in humans and mammals are, in, are are the same from an embryological standpoint. Now they're all, we have different, we've got 46 chromosomes and, you know, cows have 60, so it's different, but nonetheless, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of similarity. So, but yeah, I think it's fascinating to have got, you know, for 30 years, I've been a doctor getting to do what I've done with humans, with people, <laughs> even this morning. And, um, and the, the people that I work with, the, you know, the nurses, the embryologists, you know, everybody are just, it's amazing. So what was that spark, right? As you were working with humans, you're working with people, uh, and, and helping them conceive children. Yeah. What was a spark where you said, you know, I think, I think cows, I think we can do this in cows. Yeah. It, it has never been done before. It truly, there has never been a blastocyst stage, fully developed embryo in an intravaginal culture device in a cow done before. So this is an opportunity for us to, to literally do something that has never been done before. And we can potentially change how cow fertility is, is done. Our cows are produced. That's a really big deal. Um, when you think about what we're trying to do, if we can get better milk producers, you know, technically more milk producing cows means less cows, so that's better for the environment. You know, there's, there's a lot of concern about greenhouse gases. And so on, certainly on that level, it's, it's a really positive thing that we're doing. And when we think about um, food insecurity, you know, there's 2 billion people out of 7 billion people in this, in this world 
who don't have enough food. Right. And this technology is simple enough. And that's our goal is to make it simple to where it could be used for countries that don't have enough protein or don't have enough food. So that's a really important part of what we're trying to do as well. So for me, it was like, this, this is really cool. I'll never get a chance in my life to do anything like this again. And so I'm exceedingly motivated, um, totally motivated on this. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think the spark was this, I think we can do this. And I think it's really exciting when you have a startup, the people, you know, cause it's yeah, all about people. Totally. And, um, and I must admit, Michael and I and Dave talk a real lot and Katie is far more focused and she's more, you know, down, she's more, the three of us talk too much and Katie's a little bit <laughs> more, uh, more efficient with things. And so, so from a personality standpoint, it's good to have different personalities and people that, you know, are excited about it. Um, cause you don't really know where everything's going to go. It's every startup, there's risk. That's right. It's all about risk. That's right. Jim, I, I want to, I want to highlight uh, a big milestone in the company. Mm -hmm. Just secured some funding through uh, mm -hmm. Purdue's Foundry Boost program. Mm -hmm. Huge congratulations. That's Thank exciting. Yes. Give us a sense of where Repro Health is today in terms of size and scale and and turning this big vision you have into reality. Yeah. Where we're right now, we are doing really what I would call the the, the seminal exp experiments to prove the concept. We're working with several different well, one major company on the production of the device. We have interest from several investors, um, and we're in fact doing due diligence with several of them. And so we're basically, I guess I would say we're a pre-seed, seed stage company, and we are, are, we are, I think, a lot closer to our proof of concept. And it's great. there's a lot of factors that are involved. Um, you know, if you just put the device in a cow, it might fall out. <laughs> so we had to create another device to hold it in the cow. And, um, which we did, and it's really kind of cool. And, um, and so there's a lot of little components that you have to put together. And when you're building a company, you know, we, we're making a device, but what about the culture media that goes into the device? Right. And what about the animal that's going to get the embryos? So let's say I have my best cow and I want to reproduce her and I've got the best semen. And instead of doing an artificial insemination where nine months later, I'll have one cow, I can do this and have eight cows. And I can freeze the embryos that I don't want to put back so I can control my supply and demand. So what about putting the embryos back in in the recipient cow? Um, the DFA, the Dairy Farmers of America, are, are an unbelievably fantastic organization. And in a couple of weeks, I'm meeting with one of their um, veterinarians who's done a lot of work with implantation on the recipient end. I'm really excited to to meet with him because there's a lot of things that we have in common because part of, you know, we're going to make an embryo. It's got to go somewhere. Right. And, and how do we optimize where it's going? And so, you know, for us getting to, to meet these people who everybody is just really willing to, to talk. Um, and, uh, so this gentleman, Ed, I'm going to talk with him, I think in a couple of weeks when I'm out in KC and, um, it'll be great. And so we're, um, so I think we're, um, we're definitely at the proof of concept stage. I think that um, there's a good possibility that um, if things go as we expect, then then we'll grow rather quickly. Um, uh, you know, we're excited to work with um, some local farmers here in Indiana, and um, and and obviously a big corporation that that's very interested. It's been great to work with. I mean, I, I cannot tell you how much 
how much I enjoy working with them. It takes it takes a village, right? Just like it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to raise a company. It does. It does. And it, you, it's very hard to predict where you're going. Right. You know, you just, to me, I think, are, are we better this month than we were last month? Have we accomplished something more? And literally every quarter, every month, a year ago, we weren't doing any of this stuff, you know, literally a year ago. And it really wasn't until Dan and I spoke last, Dan Dawes last um, August or whenever it was, that things really started to take off. And then Purdue was in the fall. G Beta was in the fall. Dairy Farmers of America is right now. And so, so working with all of these different groups who are in the ag space yeah, and also getting to meet these other companies are fantastic. Um, there's four other companies that we're working with in Kansas city. One's from Denmark. Um, one, they're from all over the country here in the United States, one's from Canada and just to meet these other entrepreneurs and, and really spend a lot of time with them. And we're all doing different stuff. Right. And, and it is just great to meet the other people that are in the field that are other other startup founders. And so I, I thoroughly enjoy that. And it's, it's just unreal. It's terrific. Jim, <laughs> yeah. we, we have time for one more question. Uh, and we need you to sort of look to the future outside of Repro Health, but certainly Repro Health, a part of this. In innovation being such a critical catalyst for this economy. What do you see evolving over the next decade or two in terms of reproductive health and animal health? I think it is going to get better and better. And I think that with new technology, a better understanding of embryology, um, and, and I'm hoping that we get to play a small role in this, that, yeah. that our knowledge of embryology and the things that we know working with humans helps the animal sciences. Because um, we do look at things a little bit differently. And, and that's sometimes what you need is somebody who's, who's looking at it differently. Um, Dave Dixon, when I talked to him first, the veterinarian, he said, well, this sounds interesting. It may not go anywhere. Now he's part of the team. <laughs> and, so good. and so I, I think it is going to be innovation. It's going to be people taking chances, um, and trying, you have to try, you know, it's okay to fail yes. and, and you fail along the way. I mean, we, we had no fertilization and we've had, we've had a number of steps that we thought we're going to work, but it didn't work. And then we, we changed what we were doing and now all of a sudden it's working. And so I think that, I think if people just keep that, that positive attitude, they yeah. work hard towards it, um, accept the failure comes along the way and that's okay. And, uh, then, I, then I think there'll be more and more innovation and it's, um, it's fascinating. The, the, the younger people, the kids are so smart, right? <laughs> Way smarter than me. <laughs> They're every, they're all everybody is, is is so smart and they're so motivated. So the folks that we've gotten to work with, um, there's students who are on the patent. There's actually students who are on the patent for this device. It's two, so good. Two engineering students are on the patent as well as us. So well, Jim, it takes leaders like yeah, you yeah. with big vision, yeah. entrepreneurs who are willing to take that risk. He is Dr. Jim Donahue, founder and CEO of Repro Health, also a medical doctor here in Indiana. Jim, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much. It's really great. Really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. Get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. While there, you can also access our entire library of archived episodes, and you can always learn more online at agronovasindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovas team, I'm Mitch Frazier, thanking you for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. 
This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick and produced by Kayla Chittister and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana Business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.